This is Actually You Are a Real Runner with Jacqueline Riccio. I'm so excited about today's episode. It is with my friend Josh, who is a fellow marathoner from Chicago. Josh is a really strong runner. In fact, his slowest runs are probably faster than my fastest runs. Um, But Josh tells us a lot about the struggles that he had in becoming a runner. Um, And it's good to just hear that this stuff is hard for everyone, but we push through, we make it happen, and we actually get stronger because of the struggles. All right, let's hear from Josh. All right, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how how do you and I even know each other? I think me and you connected on Facebook. Yeah. Uh, Chicago Marathon Runners page. Mm-hmm. My, my friend uh, Denise Sorrells, I think, started that group. But uh, I think when I first added you on there, you were like just this super hungry, ambitious new runner. <laughs> Uh, your cooking ah. shows or whatever you did. Yeah. yeah. You've been entertaining to say the Oh, that's good. Entertaining. <laughs> but yeah, it's so cool that social media can, you know, just put you in people's lives that you wouldn't otherwise connect with. Like you are a very serious runner. I'm a very beginner runner who's motivated, but it's really cool to connect with someone that I would never be like at that starting spot in a race. I would never be next to you in a race to be able to meet you. So yeah, so you tell us. And I don't even think I'm that fast. So. <laughs> yeah. All right. So tell us a little bit more about you, um, who you are, how you got interested in running. Yeah. So I think when I look back, so my dad was a, a huge runner. So I don't know if maybe unconsciously deep down inside I was a runner somewhere but I swam growing up um but anytime I reflect when I had like some a stressful event or time in my life I always ran um so the first time I ran in the city I, I like broke up with some girl seven years ago and I don't know I um was all stressed out and I went for a run from my apartment to Navy Pier it was like I don't know maybe four miles so I made it to Navy Pier had to like walk back because I you know kind of overshot my distance. <laughs> yeah. Um, got to see Obama's motorcade drive by on Lakeshore Drive. But that kind of slowly progressed. I, I had some friends that did the Shamrock Shuffle. It's mm-hmm. like a season opener for running in Chicago. That was kind of captivating and exciting. Um, you run through downtown Chicago. Yes. My buddy Chris is a big runner. Um, and then I met Denise Sorrell, who's a run coach. Mm-hmm. She's done, I think she's done like 90 She's amazing. Yes. (laughs) So, and then what she really put in perspective to me, like the significance of a marathon and that Chicago is a major marathon in the city I live in. And I think that's what kind of piqued my interest of running. And yeah. Yeah. It is. So it's really cool that just races like the Shamrock Shuffle, it makes running more accessible to someone that doesn't consider themselves a runner and then you went for it, and you were like, I'm going to do a marathon. Well, kind of. I At that point, I had only did the Shamrock. Mm-hmm. I started talking to Denise, and she was kind of encouraging me to do a marathon. She yeah. loves first-time marathons. That's like her, her niche. Mm-hmm. So I told my buddy Chris, I said, you know what? I think I'm going to register for the Chicago Marathon. And then he decided to do it too. So we made a, a goal, me and my buddy, to run all six major marathons, which oh. is why I ran Berlin, Berlin. last year. Yeah. Um, I normally wouldn't recommend running it because it wasn't that fun, but it was. Uh, <laughs> it's one of the six. Yeah. But uh, 
so yeah, so that year I did my first half marathon, um, and then I started tra- training for the Chicago Marathon in 2015, but it was not easy. It was a, a struggle for sure. Yeah, but that's really cool. So, I mean, you did it, you did a half marathon and a marathon in the same year. Like, you just went for it. Yeah, so what happened was I started training for the Chicago Marathon, Mm -hmm. I think, three weeks into it. So, basically, you start running, like, three days a week, right? You start ramping up your miles. That third week, I, I physically couldn't run past, I think it was, like, eight miles, so I started going to physical therapy because I wanted to know maybe, I, I don't know, I just, because I had never ran. Yeah. I thought maybe I, my body just wasn't used to it. Mm-hmm. So about a, a month of PT, like two days a week, the PT told me that you have compartment syndrome because my legs, my b- below my knee, like in the kind of calf area, um, I mean, you couldn't even touch my leg. It was excruciating pain. Oh, wow. Um, so he said, I, I think you have compartment syndrome. Um, it's a super rare anatomy thing. It okay. bas- it's basically pressure that builds up in your leg. And it, it can be dangerous if you, you keep running on that or if you get hit in the leg. Football players sometimes get uh, compartment syndrome. But anyways, there's one guy at Rush. He's a very good surgeon. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they stick this needle, long needle, and these ah! <laughs> compartments in your leg. And, they pressure test it, and okay. if you you have whatever a high enough pressure, that's how they find out if you have it or not. So, I basically had to come to a decision: either I stop running, or I get the surgery done. Okay. Both legs. Um, so I opted to have the surgery because um, running, you know, has been pretty powerful for, for me at this point. Mm-hmm. But I but I couldn't get it done until the following year, that March. Oh wow! So I stopped marathon training. Okay. And I was running through a charity called Bag of My Feet. And, um, I, I just, I emailed them and said, sorry, I can't, you know, partake and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then I get the packet pickup in the mail, <laughs> not realizing I was already in the marathon, like registered. Oh. So the night before the packet pickup, I go on like a 10 mile walk with my dog along the lake. And I'm really contemplating, like, I'm already in this thing. I've ran a half, so I at least know how to do that. Should I go for it? So I call Denise and I say, hey, what do you think about me running the marathon? You know, I haven't run in three months, but I can stop along the way. I know how to do a half, you know. She was like, you totally can do it. Oh, my God. So I go to the convention with my buddy. He picks up his packet. I pick up mine. And the excitement of it all, I said, you know what, dude, I'm, I'm going for it. I'm going to do it. I'm yeah. Sure. I'll stop when I have to. Exactly. So mm-hmm. I, my first marathon, I didn't train for it. Mm-hmm. Super brutal. It took me five hours and 45 minutes to finish. Mm-hmm. That's um, super impressive. <laughs> So that was my marathon journey. And then that March, I had the surgery on both legs. Mm-hmm. That took, uh, I don't know, like three months for oh, me gosh. to heal from. Yeah. And then as soon as I finished PT, I began marathon training for the 2016 Chicago Marathon and ran that at a better, way better time mm-hmm. than 54. But um, so yeah, I think my goal was just to kind of do like three or four marathons a year after that. But wow. I just, I liked the journey of the marathon and I like what you have to endure through the marathon, you know? Yes. Yes. But it's been a painful experience for me and trying to find a shoe that's comfortable. Those oh, are gosh. my two dilemmas. Pain in my legs and I need a good shoe. Uh-huh. So that's always been my battle. 
Yeah, you definitely touched on a lot of things. I mean, even just going to see a physical therapist, because I think a lot of times we're afraid to go to a doctor. Like, oh gosh, what are they going to find out if I go? But then dealing with that, but coming back even stronger and... Yeah. Well, if you're, I mean, if you're training to do a marathon, I mean, you just have to figure elite marathoners, they have trainers, therapists, massage therapists working with them anyways. Mm-hmm. If you're an average person that doesn't have their athletic ability, mm-hmm. you should definitely have that <laughs> helps your body along yeah. the way because it's, it's it, you know, it's, it's shocking to the body. It's not, it's hard on the body. So mm-hmm. um, I found a place in Chicago um, that's really good with runners. Mm-hmm. So I, I like seeing them and deep tissues on my legs is, yes. is, is magic. Yeah, that self-care while you're doing something, especially like you said, like if it's not your specialty, it's something that you are doing that's crazy to your body. Like you have to take care of your body. You can't just keep like applying pain to your body over right. and over. Yeah, which, no, you definitely got to listen to your body. And it's, yeah. Yeah, for sure. So can you tell me more? You said like the marathon journey. Like what, um, what kinds of things has the, a marathon, running a marathon brought out in you? Like has it empowered you? When I I first started running, like even just for for exercise and fun and then training for the half marathon, um, at at that stage of my life, I I cut three things. I cut a toxic relationship, Uh I I cut drinking, and then I cut cigarettes. Wow. The three things I had cut from my life and running for me was... um, I, I, I was running in my Pandora station, started playing like Christian music. It, it's a channel that would never even have it on there. So mm-hmm. it's kind of weird, but, um, you know, I, I ended up kind of like building a relationship with Christ and mm-hmm. following Christ. Um, I played the, the drums on the worship team at my church. So running for mm-hmm. me, was like a way where I could like connect through God, but mentally I liked, um, just pushing myself yeah. and, and enduring. I liked that physicalness of it. Um, and I think most runners kind of, it's, they're like, uh, they're all like motivational, you know, speakers in a way, because you, if you run 10 miles, there's, it doesn't matter how you get to the 10 miles, you either do it or you don't. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's applicable in life is no matter what life throws at you, if it's raining outside, Mm -hmm. it's cold outside, if you're tired, if you don't feel well, if you go out and run 10 miles, you run 10 miles, Mm -hmm. period. Mm -hmm. So you get to apply running or the marathon journey to your life. But yes. it builds that discipline, you know? Yes, discipline. Yeah, like if you're going to run 10 miles, there it's not going to be easy. You're not going to want to do it for part of the time. But it's just you out there, you and your legs moving. And, I mean, yep. you get to make that decision to go. So yeah. I think a lot, a lot of runners, to me, we're funny. I think we feel like we're superheroes. Oh yeah. <laughs> we feel like we're superhuman because it's like we're doing things that no one else does. Yes. We're out there running when no one wants to go out there and run. Mm-hmm. We're waking up at times that no one wants to wake up at. We're making, you know, food sacrifices or sacrifices in our life to, to run and mm-hmm. um and not everybody runs. And, mm-hmm. and even smaller population you know, does a marathon. Mm-hmm. So if you've done one, it's a huge accomplishment, you know? Yeah, it is huge. That was something I remember at my first marathon. Um, and we were definitely at the back of the pack, but this girl says to me, she's like, I don't care what time I finished it in. Do you know what percentage of Americans 
have run a marathon, like, I don't know, it's less than like 1%. Yeah, it's it's very small. So accomplishing it's like one, either two or three percent. Yeah, it's it's very it's small. Very small. Um, and it is beginning to get more popular, and that is like the cool thing. Um, but I kind of like what you said. Like runners are, you know, they're superheroes. But also, it's not like this exclusive club where it's only right. the Olympic athletes that are the superheroes. Like it's regular people that have never run before that are like, hey. I'm going to give this a try. Yeah. So, I mean, an elite runner, an elite marathoner, obviously it's somewhat superhuman for them to run as fast as they do mm-hmm. in the two-hour two time frame sure. it takes them to finish a marathon. But for an 89-year-old to run oh. a marathon or a 70-year-old to run a marathon, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, you don't have to be an elite Mm-mm. level type of a person. You just have to be the type of person that, you know, commits to doing it. And and doing it within itself is a huge achievement mm-hmm. of the time. And, and I think that was my struggle in the beginning. It was like, when am I a marathoner? And, I, and, you know, like, when am I a runner? What makes me a runner? What makes me a marathoner? And I just think it's just present tense. If you're running, you're a runner. If you do marathons, you're a marathoner. Yeah. I think it's just, you know, kind of as simple as that, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. Um, so can you can you go back though? So when did you start running? Like how long did it take for you to start from your first trip to Navy Pier to start doing like marathons? It was training for the uh half marathon is mm-hmm. when I was like, okay, I obviously have to learn how to do 13 miles. Okay. So I remember so I started three miles. Then I started to get to five miles. Then I learned how to get to eight. Then I learned how to get to 10. So I remember the first time I was able to run three miles nonstop. Mm-hmm. At the time I would normally stop running, I remember like, oh my God, I'm still going. Mm-hmm. I was probably running at like a 10 minute pace, mm-hmm. um, you know, but I was running nonstop. So I remember being super excited running whatever that pace was at the time the three miles nonstop. So it's, it's baby steps. You know, I always tell people learn how to run three nonstop. Once you learn how to run three nonstop, you can build a five, five has to be the the peak. So even if you're not a marathoner and you just like running, I always tell people you should at a minimum always do five to six, mm-hmm. um, just for the health benefit and endurance part of it. But yeah, it was along the lake and I was running North and I'm like, I'm I'm running. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm not tired. You know, so that was very exciting for me. (laughs) Yeah, that positive self talk that, like, wow, I'm actually doing this. And just going back to, like, wow, like, I'm the hero. Like, I'm doing this thing that I wasn't able to do like a couple weeks ago. People get fixated on the time, I think. And, you know, sometimes they feel like, oh, I'm not that quick or I'm not that fast. It doesn't really matter. The, The whole goal is just running where you can not stop. Mm-hmm. Once you get to a certain, once you're at that five to six range, you can learn how to shave your time if you wanted to. You know, you could sprint a mile and then go back to your normal pace or whatever. But um, yeah, just getting to the point of not stopping, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, and yeah, it's, I like what you said that it's, it's like a learn, it's a learnable thing. It's something that you can teach yourself or you can seek out an expert to help you with it. But it's like a learned thing and not something innate where if you weren't born with this, then you're out of luck. Right. Yeah, 
For sure. I mean, um, everybody's body is different. So all these articles you always read in runner's world and how to do this and how to do that. I mean, everybody's foot is different. Sure. And and that can make a big difference. Your body weight, your height, you know, so as long as you listen to your body, take care of yourself, ice, deep tissue is, is very important, I think. And, um, and again, you know, getting to the three nonstop running, no matter what it takes to get there is, you know, kind of where I always started. From. Yeah. I think that's a really good goal. Um, three miles. Yeah, definitely. So, um, running has made you stronger, physically stronger. Um, how has it helped you in like other parts of your life? Um, besides just running? I think for me, it was the integrity part of it. I, I liked if I said I was going to do it, I had to do it. Okay. Like when you, so when you train for a marathon, basically, if you don't run three days a week or whatever your training schedule is, and if you don't do a certain amount of miles per week, yeah. it really throws you back. You yes. Know? And and when you do the marathon, it's a struggle. And I, so again, you know, waking up at five in the morning with 50 degree weather and it's pouring rain outside, all I could think about is, why am I doing this again? <laughs> But the integrity of, of doing it, mm-hmm. no matter what, and as you're, you know, wet and and then you finish it, you, you feel really accomplished, you know. So I like the integrity part of running and mm-hmm. just the setting and hitting. So that's that's been pretty significant that I carry into my personal life is the, the setting and hitting goals and that integrity part. Yeah, I think sometimes as adults um, outside of school or like outside of even having a boss – you know, we get used to other people telling us what to do. And so when we do something on our own that like no one forces you to go running, you might have a running coach, but they literally are not forcing you to go do it. Like it's up to you. Right. And then you get to feel that sense of like accomplishment. Like I did this. No one forced me to do this. My mom wasn't there. My teacher wasn't there. It was like, I did this. Yes. This charity back at my feet, they take homeless people mm-hmm. um and they literally through a training program solely based off of running they help them get back to independent living um they help them get jobs again but it's the discipline of what running the discipline yes that they were missing mm-hmm. that helps them get back on track yes literally. um so running is it's powerful so it's just one of those things as long as you just start running and moving your feet, regardless of how you feel or mm-hmm. what the weather is or what the circumstances, it's that habit of completing it is what you get to carry on in your personal life. Yes. Which, yeah. Which again is why I think runners feel like we're super. Yeah. We're, it's not easy doing those things. You know? No. Um, yeah. You definitely have a different sense of accomplishment from being consistent with running versus like, going to a fitness class, which, you know, has its time and place. And I love classes, but like setting on a journey with this, like, I'm going to run and I'm going to do a race. Like it just, it changes you. Yeah. It's sure. so different. I love that charity. I'm definitely going to look that up. So what do you, cool. um, what do you think is the hardest part about running? Probably that just overcoming the excuses. Yeah. Um, I, I intentionally live close to the lake. Nice. Um, yes. I, if I lived further, I would come up with a lot of reasons to not run. 
if I could live on Lakeshore Drive on the actual trail, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I could just roll out of bed and, and hit the road running. But yeah, so just excuses and time. I think time is it's you sacrifice a lot of the time training to run or run a marathon. So time and excuses has been the biggest thing for me. Yeah. Marathon training does take up a lot of time. And then you're like, oh, I can't really do anything on Friday night because I have to run on Saturday or if your long runs are on Sunday. Um, Luckily for me, I don't drink anymore. Yeah. So I I don't have to worry about like, oh, I don't want to go to the bars and get wasted and then have to wake up early to run. So that, but it's just so time consuming. Um, No matter what I do, my life is revolving around running for a marathon. Mm -hmm. So, um, Sometimes it can be tiring, but once yeah. you're doing the race and then you finish, it's all worth it. Yeah, and then it gets addicting where you're just like, oh. It is. It's like three seconds of pure bliss, and then it's over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you want more of that three seconds of bliss. Mm-hmm. That's so. so true. Yeah. Okay, so tell us more. You have a business. Um, can you tell me a little bit more about how who you help and how you help them? Yep. So – I'm a financial planner, so essentially I work with businesses and companies. I'll help them install insurance products the business has to have, and then um, the financial products the company has to have. So if they have employees and they want retirement products, I install those things. But for you know a married couple or an individual, or basically I just help you get to retirement. Yes. And everybody's financial situation is different, so. Um, whatever it may be, big or small, I just make sure you have the essentials you need to have. Um, so if there is a life altering event or something happens, you're not, you know, sidelined financially or prepared for it. Yeah. So that's what I do. Yeah. And I think that sometimes we think that experts like you, it's only for someone that makes like a million dollars, but like regular people, like we have to plan out the rest of our lives. Um, and it's scary to not know what's going on with your finances. Um, you don't have to make a lot of money. Um, even if most of your income goes into a 401k, we can still tell you where you should get money at. Normally it's just like, you know, the work systems are conservative, moderate, or aggressive. And then you pick that button and then it puts the money in those categories. We can say, no, put it in here, put it in here, and then make sure you have the other stuff. So you don't have to be, you know, super loaded to have a financial <laughs> planner. It's just having someone to make sure, you know, when I retire, am I going to have enough Exactly. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah. And it just goes, it's like, the money that we have now, we get to choose where we want to invest that money in our like daily actions. When we make a purchase, that's like an investment in whatever it is. So if we go to McDonald's every day, we're investing money in McDonald's when we buy a burger. Sure. You know, if you buy a $2 burger 365 times, that's, you know, that's a lot of money. It's almost $800. Um, And we can just take those little things, those little purchases and decide to invest in an expert that can help our lives and like add more value. So while it's exactly. sometimes or we can say instead of taking the money and putting it in that, you could put it in something else that you really want, like buying a house or paying mm-hmm. the house off or paying the car off, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really, um, the, it's interesting just the way like different jobs, like how they are coming about and like in our economy and just, I don't know. You don't have to be an expert in yourself, but you can like seek out expert advice. 
So, and, yeah, I mean, the most important part is if you're a middle-class person, your income hasn't really increased over the last 10 years, and over the next 10 years, middle-class income is not going to rise. So that's very alarming and concerning. I, I could go on <laughs> yeah. for a long time. But if you're in that range, basically the whole point is, is that most people that I, I've seen they, they're, that are close to retirement, they don't have enough money for it. Yeah. Um, period. So it's 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 a scary thing yes. once you get to that final road. And if you have kids and houses and cars and just all these different things, financial planning just doesn't seem realistic. But yeah, I mean, at, at a minimum, it's good to ask questions, have someone that mm-hmm. is outside of the box, that is inside your world that can stay, you know, help you shift some stuff around. So, so which is a good thing. Um, but there's some negatives to, you know, like, you know, the middle class market not growing. So, um, yeah, just having somebody you can reach out to is always important. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think sometimes we think retirement is really far away and it is kind of, but also it's going to be here before we know it. And mm-hmm. I think sometimes we, we get scared of going to an expert because we're like, oh, gosh, what are they going to find out? And are they going to judge right. me? Or, okay, now I'm actually going to have to deal with this stuff. But um, I know a lot of my listeners are kind of around our age, in our 30s. Um, and, yeah, like now is the time to figure yeah. out, like set the plan in place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we work with numbers. So we're very black and white and not emotional. Yeah, oh, that's that. good. <laughs> so there, 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 there isn't ever a time where I've looked at someone and judged. It's just sometimes I feel like, a sense of urgency for that person. Sure. I feel a little scared for that person because it's like, okay, if you don't act now, yeah. you're, you're, you're screwed. <laughs> yeah. I, but other than that, yeah, I mean, we're very indifferent and our job is just to offer insight and then that's pretty much it. We don't really, we leave all the commentary stuff out of it. Yeah. At least I do. Yeah. I read a quote um, last week and it said, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago, but also the second best time is now. <laughs> so... Just do it now. If you want a tree, plant it now. Um, Yeah, it was good. I don't know who. I have to figure out who I read that. But um, I'm I'm just like, yeah, totally. You can quote me on that if you want. (laughs) All right, cool. So, what is one piece of advice that you could give others to change their life? You know, for me personally, God was the biggest changer. building a relationship so mm-hmm. that was really significant and profound and the running mm-hmm. for me was just like a way of connecting but um I would say just start small in everything you do and as long as you have a positive attitude going into all those things yeah um and then the really the biggest thing outside of that for me was just like embracing fear I think mm. I started preparing myself to work more independently and leave the the corporate job that I had um, and through running it just overcoming fear and embracing your fear people think that they need to be in a place where you know they're not afraid anymore fear mm. is a part of everything you do it lets you know like yes. don't touch don't touch the fire it's hot mm-hmm. it's fearful if you're around a flame mm-hmm. right, rightfully so because if you go into the flame you know something bad's going to happen to you so fear isn't a bad thing mm-hmm. fear, fear is a good thing and I think Sometimes fear, you know, limits people and holds people back and it stops and prevents them from doing things. 
you could probably relate to this because yes. you, went, <laughs> and you went off onto your own. And anybody who starts their own business essentially says, F you fear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're going to do this thing together and I'm going to win. And sometimes yeah. you don't feel like you win. Sometimes you feel like you got beat up, but that's where your attitude comes into play. And if you're running on top of that, it's a good place to be because the running always gives you a little perspective on what you, what, what you want, you know? And, uh, so that, that's, so for me, it's, you know, God embracing fear yeah. and having a positive attitude. So I think just all of those three, just like they all intertwine and like finding a bigger purpose, like for why you are here on this planet and like yeah. putting that good energy out there, but also realizing like, Hey, there are going to be really hard things that happen but there's a learning lesson in those. And um, I don't know, it's really cool to help people along the way and just realize that hopefully we are not just here um, for no reason. Like we do have a reason for what, you know, we're doing on this planet. Yeah. I mean, if you could do some type of active service Mm -hmm. um, for homeless people or someone who needs it um, and not in the way where you're telling people, Hey, here's what I'm doing, but you know, a good idea would be keep socks or hats from the dollar store in your car mm-hmm. um, or get some Ziploc, Ziploc bags. And if you see a homeless person, give them socks, toothbrush, toothpaste, and some deodorant. Yeah. Keep it in a Ziploc bag. Oh, that's so wonderful. instead of like shunning or shaming them because they want money, yeah. a sock, toothbrush, so doing little things like that, um, not in the respect of, of letting people know, but um, yeah, I mean, you want to live a life where you're you're helping others. It's, yeah, that's it's great. It's more toxic if you're you know being selfish and not wanting to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, be a light. I like that. I love it. Great. Thank you so much. It was so good talking with you. Same here. I enjoyed it. (laughs) Josh just has a heart of gold and he's just wonderful to work with. Um, If you want more information on, oh my gosh, planning for retirement, getting your life figured out when it comes to money, you need to contact Josh. His email is jm at financialadvisinggroup.com and his website is www.financialadvisinggroup.com. Don't worry. I have those for you in the show notes. So the pretty cool thing is that I actually connected with Josh a year ago around this time for the annual Run With Jacqueline event. Yes, what is this? Well, you see, my friend, two years ago, I set out to run 100 days in a row. And on the 100th day, I had 100 people join me for a one-mile run. Oh, no, you don't live where I live? That's okay. That is the beauty of social media. So on March 8th, we are all, I'm saying all of us are going to get out there, run one single mile, uh, upload a photo to Instagram or Facebook, tag me, and use the hashtag run with Jacqueline. Um, if you're already thinking, oh gosh, Jacqueline, I don't know how to run a full mile. Oh my gosh, guess what you can do? You can walk run a mile, but I want you to push yourself. Don't walk the whole thing. Add in a couple skips, you can run, you can do it. So yeah, March 8th, I will have that in the show notes as well. All right, guys, have an awesome rest of your day. Go for a run. Do it.